Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Didn't think we were going to get a playoff Friday this year. It feels kind of like a dream state being here right now. Yeah, alas. Good word, Ahab. We're here. (laughs) We have sailed into the seas of the wildcard weekend as Pittsburgh Steelers fans and our reward is to face the the Kraken, if you will, the Kansas City Chiefs, the beast of the in NFL. The are the Chiefs as good as people are making them out to be, though? Ryan Clark went on ESPN, and he didn't say that the Steelers were going to be the team that beat the Chiefs. The question was Packers-Chiefs, who has a tougher road to get to the Super Bowl. Mm. He said Chiefs, and his reasoning wasn't, oh, the AFC's got a lot of good teams that I think will have a puncher's chance against them. His reasoning was because the Chiefs aren't that good. And in a way, I kind of see where he's coming from because look at the past four years in the NFL, including this one. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are probably the best team. Yeah. I mean, Brady was in New England for half of that time, and then he went to uh, Tampa. Tampa. I know he beat Mahomes in both places in that four-year span. So if you want to just say Tom Brady has been the most dominant just team based as a person. The law of conversions. Then you, know, you sure. beat Team A, teams beat Team B, Team A must be better. But this run that he's been on of AFC Championship game, winning a Super Bowl, losing a Super Bowl, two seed again with a good chance you're the favorite to get back to the Super Bowl from your side. I see where he's coming from as in... This is definitely the fourth best version of those four teams. I think that the three teams in front of this one were a better Kansas City Chiefs team. With that being said, though, Are you I sure still think that? it's the best team in the AFC. Yes, I am positive because about that. Because with the defense, I think this is the best defense you've seen out of really? this team. Yeah, I mean, they I think give the, up so many yards. They I think give the numbers so in many... the second half of the season, though, kind of make up for that. No. Because they have actually kind of been on a tailslide again towards the past three weeks mm. of the season. They gave up 24 points to Denver. They gave up 28 points to the L.A. Chargers. What did they do against the Steelers? Well, that's the thing. Would you put more credit in the Steelers' offense being terrible for that or the Chiefs' defense being world beaters? Because the Broncos' offense ain't anything either. No, it's not. And they put up 24 points in a game that the Chiefs wanted to win. The Chiefs wanted to win, and they won. And I think that deserves a lot of credit, but... I can see the point you're trying to make, and I still think that this may be, even if you claim it to be the fourth best version of these past four years, it's still, if you compare it to the past four years of all other 31 NFL teams, it probably ranks somewhere in the top 15 seasons of all 32 teams over the past four years. And that's just the thing. It can be the worst version of the Kansas City Chiefs since Mahomes has really taken the reins, but it doesn't have to compare itself to teams of its own past. It has to compare itself to To the other other 13 playoff teams that are in the field. And when we did our power rankings on Wednesday, the Chiefs were the number one team in the entire playoff field, not just the AFC. They're the favorite to get out of the AFC. I think they they have the easiest path of all... 14 playoff well, teams I think, because I think the other top four, we put the Titans in our top four, but realistically the best teams are Kansas City, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and then maybe the Rams or maybe Dallas. Yeah, and so those teams have to go up against each other, whereas the Chiefs only have one big opponent, and that's 
Tennessee. If you and, can say that. If you can even say that that's right. a big opponent. And they won't even see them until at earliest in the AFC Championship game because they're the one and two seed. No, the NFC is the harder path. I think that's for sure the case. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs are going to have much fear about any team that they face. I know they lost to the Bills and the Titans earlier this season already and the Bengals for that. Every other division winner beat the Chiefs this year. I don't know if that means anything. It's tough to beat a team twice for those teams that would yeah. have to face Kansas City again. And the Bengals and the Bills would have to go to Arrowhead, where they would have to go to Nissan, the Chiefs would, to play the Titans. But, uh, yeah, the NFC, I just think, is a much harder path for Packers, Buccaneers, Rams, those kind of favorites to get to the Super Bowl as opposed to the Chiefs. And, you know, I hate to say it, but this is the opponent that any division winner wanted in the first round, the Steelers. I mean, you could maybe make the case for the Raiders, you know, but or maybe the Eagles. Those were the top. Those were the bottom three looking teams. Looking at the AFC, both, though, I mean, yeah, okay, that's fair. So, if you, like, looking at it from the Chiefs' perspective, as you're the two, yeah, you seed. wanted the Raiders, or you wanted the Steelers. It, it would, and be, I would say for the Chiefs, maybe the Steelers more than the Raiders, just because you division you opponent with them. the Raiders, yeah. and the Raiders had won what is it five straight now to get into the playoffs. So. Little hot for the Raiders, and, the Raiders, and they can score some points. And the Raiders did well, maybe not this year. I think they got outscored like eighty to thirty against the Chiefs this year, combined in those two games. But the previous year, we saw the Chiefs lose at home in Arrowhead to the Raiders, and then the second game when it was in Las Vegas, uh, that game came down to the wire. I think Patrick Mahomes led a a game winning drive via a field goal or something to win that game. Uh, almost as time expired. So the Raiders can play the Chiefs tough in the past, not maybe this year, but we've seen it before. And I think I think if you ask all four division winners, they would all say the Steelers over the Raiders. Even the Bengals, I would say, <laughs> give me the Steelers over the Raiders because the Bengals, what, put up a combined 70 points or something on this team? Yes, the Chiefs beat the Raiders forty-one to fourteen and forty-eight to nine this year. Yeah, so they really—it was bad. Just uh, the Raiders were definitely thinking in that game: kick this field goal, let's not go to air. Let's not go to air, and which is why the tie argument was so preposterous. Because a you, to quote Herm Herm Edwards here, I know it's cliche, but it's so spot on. You play to win a game; you don't play for a tie. Hell, some guys in the NFL to this day. Still didn't know that ties Naji were Najee didn't know. How is that possible? Year. I mean, I get it kind of, man. I, I don't mean, get you, it at all. You play your entire— You grew up watching this game uh, every time and over— But here's the thing. You play the game at every level, and it can't be a tie. And but you just are so you conditioned watch, to it at Don't every you level. watch professional football when you're younger and growing up, and don't you hear the ah. first thing that the refs say when the game goes over to overtime? We'll have this amount of time, and if, if time expires and there's it's still a tie score, it's a tie. Yeah, I have uh, 15, 16-year-old Najee Harris listening in, listening intently on an NFL Sunday to what the ref is saying as okay. he flips the coin. Ties are few and far between. The only thing I would come on your side for is there has been an uptick in ties in, in recent ties, years. Yeah. So that would be the only thing that maybe just you don't even have to look at the ref saying that or watch the game. You could just kind of look at the standings randomly in the year and see there's one in the tie column and be like, oh, How you can tie that? in the NFL. That's weird. But... The tie certainly benefited the Steelers, I think, in this case. Yeah, they got I, in. Absolutely. But it, it 
obviously, if the Raiders and Chargers had tied, it would have hurt, hurt the Steelers. But the, I, I, the tie to, giveth and the tie taketh away. To to get back to the point is, I don't think the Raiders were ever looking to no. tie that game. They wanted to win. They wanted to knock out their divisional opponent, and they wanted to get the easier matchup. Maybe it's not the easiest matchup because Cincinnati is a division winner here, but they certainly would rather play against Cincinnati than they would go into Arrowhead and play the Chiefs a third time this year. Absolutely. And the Steelers, unfortunately, are now tasked with going into Arrowhead and facing off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Thank you, Vegas. Ben Roethlisberger, a little tongue-in-cheek in in his press conference, said that uh, we have no chance, so we're just going to go out there and have fun. And he's absolutely kidding about the we have no chance part, I think. But I do love the sentiment. I do love the message he's sending the team. It's just kind of like a... Guys, we're here. We weren't supposed to be here. Just go out there and ball. Like, this is a everything to gain and nothing to lose matchup here for us. It kind of reminded me of the longest yard. I know it's completely different circumstances, but you just kind of go out there. Are we the mean machine? We're the mean machine. Okay, it's perfect. They win, by the way. Spoiler alert. They do win, uh, but they go out and they they they. What was that one play they called? Some schoolyard BS, right? You got to go out there and just say, hey, have fun with it. Let's, let's feel Should a little Should they wild. employ the Mean Machines tactic at the beginning of the game where By they just, just start crushing beating the hell out of the team, <laughs> maybe drop kick Patrick Mahomes in the, in the face say, mask? Tom, we did say, and we're not wishing this to happen, that the best chance for the Steelers to win is for something to happen to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I you think You take that's... out Travis Kelsey, you take out Tyreek Hill, as Nick Wright pointed out, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying taken out of the equation. Just like take take that guy out with the drop kick. Take that guy out with brass as, knuckles. As Nick Wright made the point on his show earlier this week, that caught a lot of attention in Pittsburgh. The Chiefs, to a lot of people, can be capable of resting Tyreek Hill or resting Travis yeah, Kelsey. Yes. How do you rest a guy in a playoff? That's such game? BS. That was such a horse crap take. Something he pointed out, though, also that the I better don't than a buy take too. Like, uh, what if Patrick Mahomes snaps his ankle in half? Like, and, is that and better than him sitting? Career, on, is that better right? than him sitting on the couch? Like, ruins his career. Uh, what was I going to say? He made the point that the Chiefs decided in the divisional round, the year they won the Super Bowl, they decided to sit Chris Jones against Houston because they felt it was such an again an, an uneven matchup. That and they, they were down twenty four to nothing at one they, point. That exactly, game. like they had to. Because Chris Jones, they, they don't win that game because of the defense stepping up. No, no they, they had to light the because, world on fire on offense. Exactly. If Chris Jones is out there, I'm not saying it's not going to be a twenty four to nothing deficit, but it's probably going to be better than that. I don't think I'm superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. I'm a little stitious. And I think when you toy with the football gods, as far as a guy's healthy and can play in a game that has stakes like this and you rest him on your own just choice, I think you're kind of poking the the gods a little bit it's on that like, one. It's like when you're playing Madden and you decide to run the clock down. It's exactly it like that. It never works. But I'm just saying like... Or, or when you try, if you're in week 17 or in this case week 18, and you try to draw a specific opponent in the playoffs... This team is That's much easier. More like it, yeah. This team is much easier to face than so that team. So you get team. that easier team. I want to lose week seventeen so I can play that team, and then that team beats you. You anyways. get that easier team, and then they beat you. And exactly. Then that team beats you, I, you just kind of tempt fate a little bit, or you give some bulletin board material. Exactly. To other it's all about yeah, whiteboard bulletin board material. They don't think they need to play Tyreek Hill to get past us. They don't think they need to play Travis Kelsey to get past. Like you're not going to do that. Andy Reid's too smart to do that. And no, he won't. That's why Nick Wright is on. 
some network and Andy Reid's an NFL Yeah, and coach. Nick Wright's got to say stuff like that because then people like us get to make fun However, of him though, and make friends I, I like can, this. I can say, like, you can say he's got to say stuff like that, but even the panelists on his show were saying that's the worst thing you've ever said. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of those guys say outlandish things because it's they're they're in the the national spotlight and, and clicks sell. But even even his coworker said, "You've said a lot of wacky stuff, and we can we can pass on it. We can say, okay, we we can kind of see where you're coming from, but the, no one was entertaining that thought by Nick Wright." Well, Travis Kelsey wasn't in the game the last time the Steelers played the Chiefs. Tyree Kill wasn't himself in that game. He was just activated from the COVID list. Probably we, had it, a little lingering effect. Hasn't been the same since either. Well, you could say he hasn't been he wasn't himself that game, but he's kind of. Not taking on a new identity, but since that game, that's kind of been what he's capable of. Only limited snaps, only a handful of targets and a handful of catches for a handful of yards. I'm not saying that's the new Tyree and he's broken forever, but that is what we've seen out of these last three weeks since the Steelers faced the Chiefs in Week 16. Listen, if we can get Tyree Kill at anything less than 100%, oh, I'll, I'll absolutely take it. take it. But you just question if it's even going to matter that much because guys like Byron Pringle beat you bad last Michael time. Hardman. Michael Hardman had a couple catches for Derek about Gore. 40 yards. Derek Gore. I think Derek, Williams. I think Derek Gore was a real big outlier. Like, I'd be really sure. shocked if Derek sure, Gore sure, does sure. what he but did. But the problem is, is that, you know, it could be Daryl Williams who has the big game and the running game for the Chiefs. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's had a good season overall as kind of working his way into, like, the starter and backup with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in and out of the lineup. So it wouldn't shock me if, if Williams has the big day here. The Chiefs, uh, honestly, could just decide not to run the ball, too. And I know Which that— Which they've done before. You look at the Steelers, the worst rush defense in the NFL, 32 out of 32 as far as, far as yards per game allowed is concerned. But— I wouldn't be shocked, and I wouldn't say it's outthinking yourself if Reed's just like, I'm going to put the ball in Mahomes' hand 40, 45 times. It's playoff time. That's how we're going to win a Super Bowl. It's by throwing the ball uh, uh, 40, 45 times a game. Why wait to start that? Let's start that mm-hmm. now against the Steelers and get a little rhythm going. And I I wouldn't call it outsmarting yourself if, if Reed does it this time because in the past couple weeks when coaches have done it against the Steelers, with the Browns, Baker Mayfield, why the hell would you trust him? Tyler Huntley, mm-hmm. to the 10th degree, why the hell would you trust him? I would trust Patrick Mahomes with of my course. life. So you can throw the ball as much as you want. I don't We've care how bad they are rushing the ball. You have to pick one guy to start your NFL franchise around. Out of the 500-some players in the league, or probably even more, way more, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes 1A, right? One A, there's no, and then no one, one else B, I care about. One C, I you mean, can give me one. Patrick Mahomes, and then skip me for the next two rounds, and I'll be happy with it. Absolutely, he's just the cream of the crop, honestly, when it comes to that position and just NFL players in general right now. Uh, you mentioned Daryl Williams might be the Daryl Williams show if they do decide to run the ball. Well, let's look at some injury reports here. With that toe injury, Daryl Williams has been limited in Wednesday and Thursday, and here's an interesting one: Clyde edwards elaire the shoulder was limited on Wednesday, was downgraded to not practicing on mm. Thursday. Things could be precautionary at this time of year, though, more than ever. And really, how much practice do you need when you're getting into game 18 of the season? I mean, I think you're pretty much up to speed <laughs> with what the game plans are going to be. It's just about putting in those individual little flares and twists to the game plan for the Steelers specifically. But, uh, yeah, those two, 
kind of on the mend right now. So maybe we will see a little Derek Gore getting some action in that running back room, or maybe they'll just pass the ball the entire time. Uh, Orlando Brown and Willie Gay, the tackle and the linebacker, were both full practices, so expect them to play. Tyreek downgraded from a full practice to limited. Might be precautionary just to sure. ease him into things. Kelsey was full. Tyron Matthew was full. Jarius Sneed was full as well. Those three guys, obviously massive to what the Chiefs do. So the Chiefs, for the most part, will be relatively healthy. Guess Tyreek Hill and the two running backs are the only ones that are question marks. And honestly, you get by without the two running backs for sure. Probably get by without a fully healthy Tyreek Hill as well. Yeah, we saw them without a fully. We thought, sorry, we saw them with no Travis Kelsey uh, three weeks ago and a very limited Tyreek Hill. But now Travis Kelsey is in full participation. And that polar bear is the one that I'm more worried about. I think we we Absolutely. laid that out in an earlier episode we did, but you know the Steelers secondary at least has guys that can make plays, and I know Edmonds will probably be matched up against Kelsey, so. It's dumb for me to say secondary's got dudes, so they can cover wide receivers well, but this guy in the secondary is going to cover the tight end. But I don't trust Edmonds covering that no, tight end. I don't. I don't trust Edmonds really in coverage in the secondary either. I think he's really good at just, you know, being that safety valve and making sure that things don't really get out of hand while Minka and Joe go and, ma- and, and Witherspoon lately go and make the plays. Mm-hmm. And and Camp Sutton, who made a really good solid. He's solid. He's he been solid. He has a main as good as we thought he could be all season long, but he's made plays when it counted. Uh, two game-saving interceptions. He had to say. step up into a bigger role, and I think the role that he had originally was perfect for him. Yeah, and I, I think agree. Witherspoon's emergence has allowed him to kind of go back into that sure, spot. Sure, I agree. But, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a mismatch, Tom, and, but that's not saying a lot because Travis Kelsey up against any team is essentially a mismatch. I don't even know... Who who has the best pass defense in the league? But I'm sure whoever does will look at themselves if they're if they're going up against Kansas City and saying, "Uh oh, we have to go up against that guy this week, Travis Kelsey. This is going to be a problem even for us." I think it's the Bills maybe who have the best pass defense. I'm sure the Bills are not looking forward to possibly seeing the Chiefs later on in the in the playoffs if that's a possibility. But getting back to the Steelers <laughs> and another Edmonds might be the one who draws exactly. most of the coverages exactly. in that game against Kelsey. But getting back to the Steelers' job of, of covering him, it's going to be not. It, it can't just be one guy. You know how early Agreed. on it's going to be a group effort. Early on in the year, when speaking of tight ends, when the Steelers went up against the Raiders and Darren Waller oh. was target number one, Minka was assigned to Darren Waller, and that left a lot of the guys in the secondary exposed. We remember the Henry Ruggs touchdown that I believe it, I think was, it was on James, I thought it was on. Was it Pierre? It was either Pierre or Witherspoon. If it was on Witherspoon, what a great comeback he's had this Seriously, year. I mean, th- but that was also early. That was week one, yeah. or sorry, week two, two week, week three. Two. So he really two. had very little experience with this team. Obviously, since then, he's played almost every game, and he's come up with big interceptions. He <laughs> leads the team in interceptions. I'd say he's a starter, honestly, now. Yeah. Um, but at that time... The Steelers, I think, made the mistake of putting their best player, their best defender in Minka, their best player in the secondary, because we know their best defender is T.J. Watt. Uh, They put Minka on Darren Waller, and that left some of the other guys exposed. I think this has to be a different approach this time around. You have to kind of go at it by a committee of guys. Have one guy maybe playing man and have two guys in the zone hovering around or something like that. Yeah, I, I think it has to be kind of a committee kind of thing. Um, I, 
honestly, if Bush or Edmonds isn't going to step up now to cover a tight end, when is it going to happen? Well, those, my, those two were drafted in my, the Gronks of the world. The Andrews. I mean, you, Andrews wasn't around when they got drafted, obviously, but like Kelsey's in your your conference. Like the new position in the NFL is what Kyle Pitts was this year. It's just, it's the tight end that is just such it's, a dominant a pass catcher dominant, and yeah. is such a mismatch because of his size and speed. So you draft a heavier safety who's a little bit bigger but can run with these guys to be able to cover them. You draft a linebacker who's got all the speed in the world, speed to spare in Devin Bush because he's supposed to be able to hang with these guys and overwhelm them with his speed. So you draft these two guys with obviously other things in mind as well, but a pretty big factor was we got to figure out how to stop these new type of tight ends in the NFL and they've yet to been able to really do that effectively, and now it counts for all the marbles. So if it would be any time to start, it would be really great if it's right now. Oh, it would be great. But one thing that I I think we have to consider when you talk about Devin Bush and Joe Schobert is I don't even know if Travis Kelsey is going to be in their vicinity when he's down the field. I think they're going to be kind of hovering in 5 to 10 yards, but Kelsey likes to go deep. And, and Mahomes likes to throw the ball deep. So it may not even be up to them. He may be so far past them that you have to rely on your secondary on stopping him. And then, of course, we know how dangerous he is equally before the catch versus after. I don't trust Joe Schobert or Devin Bush and their tackling abilities. <laughs> no. Especially after the tape this year uh, for getting him down. So what's really going to come down to, I think Minka is going to have to be the guy that is the end-all, be-all, final stand against Kelsey to take him down. Looking at the Steelers' injury report, uh, Ben Roethlisberger was limited on Wednesday. Full go on Thursday. Ben's playing, obviously. We know that. He's just – it's kind of just like a, a staple now that he's just on the injury report. I, I don't yeah. think I don't think he's left the injury report since that peck started bothering him <laughs> in, like, week three or whatever it was this year, and he's just been there for the entire ride. Ben wouldn't want to go out anyway else than just being on the injury report 24 Somewhat dinged up. Arthur Merlette has a concussion. He's been limited the past two days. Uh, I think you want as many defensive backs as you possibly can in this game available to you. So I don't want to say it's a huge loss if he can't go, but I, again, I think it's a numbers game. You are playing a prolific passing offense. I'd love to have just as many DBs as I possibly could to, to throw out there. I mean, yeah, of course. To use. Because so. there's not one guy other than really Minka that you trust. Yeah, I'd rotate 100%. everybody in. And yeah. out. Hayden, too. But, sure. But other than that, I want as many. If one guy's not working, yeah. bring in the next. Try something else. Yep. Throw some. I mean, it's the last game of the year, Brent. You can't hold anything <laughs> back. Dan Moore Jr., uh, full practice all week with that ankle, so it looks like they'll get their left tackle back and ready to go for this game. And he's been probably the brightest spot on this line all year long. And In such a weird way, though. Yeah, like it's kind of almost by default, but then it's also he's done a good enough job to warrant being the left tackle. Imagine if Dan Moore didn't work out. Where would you be left? Where would that left tackle be? Probably someone that's not on the team right now. They'd have to have gone out to the streets and or maybe Joe Haig or I don't know. But it's a good thing that Dan Moore has shown flashes of development. And like I said, and like Ben said, next year he'll be the left tackle for sure to start. and. Hopefully Ben's right as him being a left tackle on this team for a long, long time to come. Uh, Trey Turner did not practice with a knee on Thursday. Keep an eye on him as we head in towards the weekend. He is questionable 
as of right now. And the big one, Najee Harris, elbow, returned in that game against the Ravens, which is a good sign. They're it call, finished wrong, our too. Old, our buddy Charlie Batch, colleague on the postgame show, always says, if you leave a game and don't come back, you're probably not playing next week. So good sign that he was able to come into that game. Has not practiced yet this week. Probably more precautionary than anything else. Just don't want to really tweak it at any way possible. Completely rest that thing up for Sunday. Absolutely. And let's hope that's 100% precautionary. Let's hope it's not something that's actually lingered and that's why he's been kept off the practice uh, practice facilities or, or and I guess rather kept on the injury report. But yeah, if, 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 if it is 100% precautionary, good. Let him get to as full strength as he possibly can be before this game because he's your best bet to win on offense. Oh, absolutely. Uh, biggest weapon for sure. Even if he is going to play, which I fully expect he is going to play, are you concerned at all with the elbow and him being less than 100%? I mean, if he's less, I mean, you, think need, about you it. need him to ball in this one. Think if about you have it. Any shot. I think the offensive MVP this year has been Najee, and I think the defensive MVP this year has been TJ. TJ. And you see what happens when TJ is not at 100%. This is the only time really Najee's dealt with a serious injury like this. If TJ is any indication, I don't want to know how, and I hate to be so harsh, but how bad this offense could be without Najee Harris available. Oh, it can be bad. I mean, we saw it. We saw it against Baltimore. Oh, it can be real bad. I mean, Benny Snell will get you one or two, maybe, mm-hmm. decent runs, but he's just not going to have that drive the pile forward. Well, yeah, the plays that Najee came in for— He's not going to kick the defense's ass like The, the plays does. that Najee came in for at the end of the Baltimore game where he was able to kick it outside, right? That's something Benny Snell has, if he has the same look, incapable of doing. With, with his strength to get around it and then the speed to break away from it. Although Benny Snell was nominated for an angry run this week. I don't know if you Yeah, saw I that, did see that. But that's— that's like seeing a shooting star or Haley's Comet. Like it's just so rare when he does things well that that'll be the only time he gets on that. Yeah, show. like I'll give four or five carries a game with Nodge out there, but other than that, he's just not. It's just not smart to really use him as a workhorse kind of back. He's just not that type of a player. So uh, Nodge is the most important. He's the MIP. He's the most important player when it comes to the Steelers sure. offense, and even more uh, so than Ben. That's a good point because. They don't have as many of these fourth-quarter comeback game-winning drives with Mason Certainly or not. someone else. So I think they're both really neck-and-neck neck with that, but having Najee really aided Ben in those fourth-quarter Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, think about it. If Najee, if it's Benny Snell out there— He doesn't that make that one-handed catch. Does, first, it's Patrick, It's falling into Patrick Queen's laps, and that's going back for a touchdown for Baltimore. He doesn't make that run that makes the Boswell field goal that was pretty iffy at first, the chip yeah. shot, to, to, to win the game. Uh, against Cleveland, he doesn't salt the game away with that long touchdown run if it's Benny Snell. So, yeah, Najee Harris has been a player that has been so important already in his rookie year. I mean, the touches he gets is astronomical, not just for rookies, but just for regular running back. Sure. I, I contest that he is already a top five running back in the NFL. Oh, I don't think it's contested. I think it's He is top certain, five, yeah. for sure. Um, just the production he has with his workload is just sure. unbelievable. And, and, like, give him credit. The guy got over 60—I know it's in 18 games, but he got over 1,600 yards. He got double-digit touchdowns. You don't see that every year from a rookie running back. No, you don't. And, and granted, you know, a, an extra game, and he had the most touches out of any player this year, but still, that's because he's trusted. And not only that, but think about it, Tom. We mentioned this in an earlier episode. The second most touches by any non-quarterback on offense without a fumble. 
yeah, in, in a ex- single season. That's exactly it. Like, yeah, he had 307 carries, second to, out of running backs that really were workhorses, that's second only to Jonathan Taylor. And he finished fourth in the league in rushing behind a terrible offensive line that, for the most part, could never give him any room to operate with. I mean, the fact that he was able to get to 1,200 yards on the year with the 3.9 averages, usually you'd say, wow, that's bad, 3.9. That's a testament to him that he was able to have this much production just slogging and grinding his way out towards that production output. Think but of the amount of times he had to start with a defender already behind already him. Already draped on him. And the, yeah. just the, the fact that you get 300-plus carries and haven't fumbled or gotten significantly injured. Of course, the elbow happened in Week 18, but he was able to go back out there and finish the game. So he hasn't missed really anything because of injury either. It's certainly tremendous, and he's such a valuable piece to the Steelers puzzle. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. We will continue to break down the Steelers and the Chiefs matchup on some later episodes, so make sure you keep an ear out for that. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opferman. As always, thank you guys for listening.